0: Hello, and welcome to Ascend. We are pleased that you can join us to hear Professor Philip Knopp provide advice on using SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1 receptor agonists in combination. Over the last decades, physicians and patients have been very lucky that two very efficient anti-diabetic drugs have been developed. First of all, GLP-1 receptor agonists came to the market. GLP-1 receptor agonists are based on a native hormone secreted from our gut, This hormone both increases insulin secretion for the pancreas, but at the same time, it stimulates satiety or reduces appetite in the brain. So that means when patients are being treated with GLP-1 receptor agonists, they increase their endogenous insulin secretion, thereby reducing their plasma glucose levels, and they also uh, reduce their appetite, reduce their food intake, and and that translates into a body weight loss. And those two things are very important when you treat type 2 diabetes. The other kind of drug, SGLT2 inhibitors, they inhibit the reabsorption of glucose from the kidneys back to the bloodstream. So that means under normal circumstances, these transporters, the SGLT2s, they uh, drag back a lot of glucose from the urine back to the bloodstream to restore caloric balance. But when you treat with SGLT2 inhibitors, you block this uh, effect, meaning that the patients, they pee out more glucose, thereby reducing plasma glucose levels. And at the same time, a lot of calories end up in the toilet, meaning that they also reduce their body weight. So again, we have here two very important things when you treat type 2 diabetes. You reduce plasma glucose and you reduce the body weight of the patients. We have two very nice studies showing additive effects of these two compounds. First of all, we have the duration 8 study showing that when you treat with a GLP-1 receptor agonist combined with an STLT2 inhibitor, you achieve better effect in terms of reducing HbA1c levels compared to the single treatment with each of the two components. So, clear additive effects of the two things in terms of HbA1c reductions. Then we have another study called Sustain 9, in which patients being inadequately controlled on metformin plus SGLT2 inhibitor treatment, they were randomized to receiving a GLP1 receptor agonist or placebo. And in that setting, the GLP1 receptor agonist added to existing GL- uh, STLT2 inhibitor treatment clearly reduced HbA1c, reduced body weight, and also provided benefits in terms of blood pressure uh, down regulation. So clearly these two drugs can be combined with additive uh, and beneficial effects. One of the beautiful things about SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1 receptor agonists is that they are very much dependent on the prevailing glucose level. That means that their effect kind of disappear when glucose levels come down to normal or even lower levels. And that means that both treatment types are associated with very, very low risk of hypoglycemia. So first of all, both SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1 receptor agonists—they have been investi- investigated in large cardiovascular outcome trials, and both types of drug have shown beneficial effects, meaning that they reduce the risk of myocardial infarction, stroke, and cardiovascular-related death in high-risk patients. So clearly. Patients with type 2 diabetes and pre-existing cardiovascular disease and therefore a high risk resist- risk of another event should be treated with either one of them and when e- when one of them is not enough to achieve glycemic control it makes very good sense to add the other one on top in those patients another patient category which is uh, which fit very good with GLP1 receptor agonist treatment and SGLT2 inhibitor treatment Consist of patients where the predominating thing is to alleviate the risk of hypoglycemia. That could be, for instance, bus drivers or other patients where you want to reduce the risk of hypoglycemia. And as I mentioned before, these drugs, they have a very low risk of hypoglycemia, making them very good at these, uh, for treating these patients. A third group of patients would be patients needing uh, weight loss. Both types of drugs reduce body weight. STLT2 inhibitors by increasing um, urinary excretion of glucose and thereby reducing calories uh, via the urine, whereas uh, GLP-1 receptor agonists, they increase satiety, decreases uh, food intake, and thereby they help reduce body weight. GLP-1 receptor agonists are typically associated with gastrointestinal side effects. There is a very thin line between reduced appetite and uh, nausea and other gastrointestinal uh, side effects. So clearly, you can expect that your patients, they will experience mild to moderate gastrointestinal uh, adverse events in the beginning of the treatment, but these events are t- typically only uh, temporary of nature, meaning that after 26 to 52 weeks of treatment, the extent to which the, ex- the patients experience these side effects is very low. STLC2 inhibitors, they are typically associated with gentle mycotic infections. So when you increase the concentration of glucose in the urine, you also make it a better substrate for microorganisms, especially Uh, fungus, and that's why they increase the risk of genital mycotic infections. You can counteract that by applying uh, hygienic principles when you have urinated uh, to reduce the risk of these uh, uh, infections. This combination of drug is very efficient at lowering plasma glucose levels uh, in, in basically all patients with type 2 diabetes. But you have to take very much care in patients with type 2 diabetes with a very low endogenous insulin production because the body will need some insulin. And both of these drugs, they act in insulin independent fashions, meaning that they can reduce blood glucose levels without too much increase in endogenous insulin production. So if you have a patient with a very low endogenous insulin production, you should take care that you don't use these drugs without applying insulin as well. So it's important to remember that STLT2 inhibitors, they act in the kidneys. So that means that they are dependent on a fairly normal kidney function. If you have patients with very low kidney function, they will not act in the same way as in patients with normal kidney function. But that doesn't mean that they are dangerous to use in patients with low kidney function. It's just that their efficacy is not the same as in patients with normal kidney function. So it's recommended in most countries that you use SGLT2 inhibitors in patients with EGFR down to 45 mL uh, per minute. The PCPs, they need to discuss efficacy, administration route, and also adverse event risk for each of the individual uh, treatments. So when they have decided that if a treatment uh, is tailored for one specific patient, they go on with that treatment. But when uh, type 2 diabetes progresses and you need treatment intensification, then it's time to put the other type of treatment on the table and really tell the patients that they will benefit from the combination of these two drugs both in in the extent of HbA1c reduction, but also in terms of body weight reduction and other benefits as well. Many thanks for listening. We hope you found it useful. Please visit www.ascend-diabetes-obesity.com for more practical advice for caring for people with diabetes.